Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so I'd recommend listening to the previous episodes before starting this one. Chapter 13. The After Party. Who's coming downtown? Luke called over the heads of his drunken guests at around midnight that night. No one answered. No one could hear him over the roar of the music. Luke wearily pulled out his phone and turned off the music. The sudden silence made everyone look up. Who's coming downtown? He repeated. We've gotten five noise complaints already, so if we want to keep this thing going, we've got to head to a club. We're thinking of going to the Met in Gastown because there's no cover. There was a murmur of agreement. All right. I've called three cabs, he continued over the chatter. There are about 50 of us, so we're going to need a bunch more, but I'll let you guys organize yourselves. Bottom line, whether you're coming downtown or not, you need to get the fuck out of my house in the next 10 minutes. There was the usual drunken scramble of people rushing to the bathroom for a last pee, searching on couches and under chairs for their coats, and clinging to each other for support as they attempted to put on their shoes. Finally, Lana, Gemma, Bree, and I were stuffed into a cab. So, how long have you been working for a yellow cab? Lana asked the taxi driver from the front seat leaning over to purposefully expose some of her cleavage and distract him while Gemma, Bree, and I took shots from the little travel containers of vodka that Bentley had stolen from Luke's parents' liquor cabinet and given to us before we had left. The taxi driver gave Lana a tired look. As long as none of you vomits here or spills anything, I don't care if you drink. Thanks, man. Gemma said, giving him an over-the-arm hug from the back seat. Please, don't touch me. We're for sure meeting at the lamplighter, right? Lana asked. No, Luke said the Met, Bree said. Did he? Gemma asked. The taxi driver face-palmed himself. So, where am I going, girls? I pulled out my phone. I'll call them and check. Oh, two texts from Apollo, Gemma said, excitedly, staring down at the glow on my screen. Yes, feel free to answer those. We'll just keep driving around in circles until you figure out where we're going, the taxi driver said sarcastically. Bree's phone rang. Hey, she said, answering it. Yeah, we were just wondering that. Lamplighter or the Met? Okay, cool. We'll see you guys there. She hung up and the rest of us looked at her blankly. The Met, please, 
she told the driver. Apparently, Bentley wanted to change it to the lamplighter, but they're there now and the line is crazy, so they're going to walk to the Met and meet us. Sounds good, I said, opening up my text from Apollo. The first said, How's your night going? The second said, Where are you? I smiled and typed that we were headed to the Met. No, he typed back. Come to the lamplighter. We were going to, but the line is crazy, apparently, I wrote. Is it? I've been inside for a bit. You should still come. I'm sure you can figure out a way to get to the front of the line. Winky face. Maybe not with an extra 40 people, I told him. Oh, I see. Hmm, he typed back. How long will you be at the Met? Probably a little while. Just on our way there now. Okay. I'll try to convince some of the guys to come there with me, he wrote. Oh, yes, please, Gemma said, reading over my shoulder. Can he bring his hot roommate? Oh my god, I love his roommate, Lana moaned. Don't you have a boyfriend? Gemma asked her. Oh, yeah, Lana said, absentmindedly. We're here. The driver said, practically pushing us out of his cab and onto the street. Bree handed him a tip and said, Sorry. Woo! A guy's voice shouted from the line in the Met. It was Bentley. He always became a lot more outgoing once he was drunk. He ran over and put one arm around Lana and the other around me. Bree and Gemma followed. Quick, he said. Get stomped and then let's go into the alley. I'm good on the alley, Bree said, as the bouncer checked our IDs. James is inside. I'll see you guys there. I'll come with ya, Gemma said. I already smoked way too much weed back at the house. Bentley shrugged and led Lana and I into the infamous, sketchy alley behind the Met. Jared, Tyler's friend, was there, along with five or six other people from the party. Bentley offered me a joint, and I took it. Hey, Brooklyn, Jared called, giving me a hug. Hey, I said, how are you? Great, where's Tyler? They broke up, Lana shouted. What? Jared asked. I saw him at the party, and he said you guys came together. He lied, Lana said, taking a hit off the joint and passing it to Bentley. Why would Tyler lie about that? Jared asked. Lana shrugged. Don't know. Don't care. Don't want to talk about it. Just remember to tell him that you heard it from me, not Brooklyn, if he asks. Okay. Jared frowned, taking the joint from Bentley. Let's go inside now, Lana said. It's freezing. Bentley and I agreed, and the three of us skipped back to the entrance. So... You and Tyler aren't together, Bentley asked me as we made our way inside. No, Bentley, don't you pay attention, Lana scolded him. Sorry, I just want to make sure. When I saw Tyler at the party, he was telling Jared and I all about how great things were between you two. I remember because it was weird, like I didn't ask. He just brought it up for no reason. I rolled my eyes. Tyler and I are not together. Weird, 
Bentley said again, leading the way over to the bar. He paid the bartender and she returned with shots of tequila. Anyway, Lana said, cheers to a great night. She is, Bentley and I said, downing our drinks. We migrated toward the dance floor where Gemma was gyrating to the music next to a stiff and uncomfortable looking Luke. Lana, a voice called. We looked up to see Lana's boyfriend, Chris, pushing his way toward us. Lana threw her arms around him and they began dancing so exuberantly that they knocked Luke into a corner, causing him to spill his beer all over the front of his pants. Bentley laughed and grabbing my hand, twirled me across the dance floor. I caught a glimpse of Tyler, who was standing by the bar as I spun around. He was holding his beer can so tightly that it had dented. Bree and James pulled their way through the crowd and they, Gemma, Bentley and I were soon dancing in a jovial group. Is it just me or did it suddenly get 10 times douchier in here? Bree shouted in my ear, gesturing toward the entrance. I looked up to see Austin Larson and 10 or so of his closest frat bro friends swagger into the bar. I couldn't tell if I was just drunk or if they really were walking in slow motion. They puffed out their chests as they made their way toward the bar, nodding to girls as they passed them. Austin, who was in the center, pounded his head to the music, scanning the room. He was wearing jeans, a football jersey, and baseball cap. I waited a moment to see if he would take his hat off. He didn't. He looked like Ashton Kutcher from That 70s Show with his feathered hair and good looks, coupled with a facial expression which conveyed low intelligence. His face lit up when he saw Gemma though, who was twirling happily next to me with her eyes half closed. Austin charged across the dance floor, knocking Luke, who had just finished attempting to dry his pants off in the washroom, out of the way and causing him to spill what was left of his beer onto the front of them again. Jamma, Austin yelled. Gemma's eyes snapped open. She had time to give Austin one shocked look before he picked her up and spun her around. Put me down, put me down, she shrieked, thrashing like a fish out of water. Sorry, hun. I was just excited to see you, Austin said, lowering her gently to the floor. You can't just pick me up without asking, Gemma admonished. I thought you'd think it was fun, Austin explained, the corners of his mouth turning down. Well, it wasn't, Gemma snapped. What are you even doing here anyway? You invited me. Gemma looked at Bree, James, Lana, Chris, Bentley, and myself, who were all staring at her. Invited you? She asked incredulously. Why would I invite you? I don't know, but I have the text, Austin said, pulling out his phone. Okay, no need for that, Gemma said hastily. I guess now that you're here, you can buy me a drink. Austin's face brightened. I'd love to. Do you want to get a porn star? I just love porn stars. Gemma glared at him and marched off toward the bar. 
Good to see y'all, Austin called to the rest of us before following her. Is Gemma dating that guy? Bree frowned. Who is that guy? James asked. Oh, that's Austin, Bentley said. He's actually pretty cool. We were in the same advanced calculus class and he helped me out a lot. He helped you out? I asked. Yeah, he's super smart. Our prof has this question that he asks every class to solve. And most people take days. The best in the class can do it in a few hours. Austin did it in under an hour. It was a whole thing because the prof thought he must have cheated. So he gave him a different problem that was even harder. And Austin solved it in front of all of us in 45 minutes. Wait, that guy is the legend who solved Johnson's problem? James asked. Yeah, Bentley said. Incredible, James said. Okay, for those of us who aren't engineers, Lana said impatiently, can you please explain in plain English what that means? It means that there's only ever been one other student in the history of UBC to solve that problem in such a short time, Bentley explained. Basically, Austin's like mega smart. He didn't even need to take calculus because he was a business major, but told me that he wanted to because it looked cool. He voluntarily signed up for a class that was the bane of all of our existences because it looked cool? James asked incredulously. Yeah, Bentley nodded. The six of us stared over at Austin in awe. He tried to put his arm around Gemma's waist. She slapped it away and it fell dejectedly into his pocket. Luke came back at that moment with a tray of shots that he seemed to be holding strategically in front of himself to hide the fact that he was covered in beer. Tequila? He asked. We cheered, took the shots, and then melted away onto the dance floor. Soon, everyone had broken off into couples. Austin had convinced Gemma to dance with him, although she was doing so very reluctantly. Bree and James were slow dancing, oblivious to the violent crowd and high-tempo music around them. Lana, Chris, Bentley, and I were jumping up and down together. I snuck a peek over at Gemma and Austin. They were closer together now, and Austin was whispering something in her ear. Then he leaned in and kissed her sweetly on the lips. Gemma kissed him back, for a fraction of a second, then seemed to realize what she was doing and stormed off toward the bathroom. Austin ran after her, but she slammed the door in his face. Bentley pulled me closer to him and the DJ played an even faster song than the one before. Just when the energy in the bar had reached its peak, the music slowed to a sweet acoustic guitar melody. The crowd looked around surprised by the sudden change in tempo. This one's for you, Gemma, the DJ announced as Gemma came out of the washroom. She looked up at the ceiling, clearly wondering if she had heard correctly. And then Austin was in front of her, singing. I'm not looking for lovers. 
Sometimes I swear you're stood in my stead. One of these days you're gonna blow my cover. That guy is trying so hard, Chris muttered to Lana. Lana nodded absently, but her eyes were wide with adoration at how romantic the whole thing was. Oh, come on, Jem! Just kiss him, I shouted. Austin's frat bros cheered at this and began chanting, Kiss him! Kiss him! Kiss him! Gemma hid her face in her hands, clearly overwhelmed by all the attention, but I thought I could see a small smile between her fingers. The chanting grew louder and louder until Gemma flung up her hands in frustration. Fine, she yelled. She grabbed Austin's face and planted a huge kiss on him. He had become so used to her rejecting him that this caught him off guard. He stumbled backward, but then smiled, flung his arms around her, and spun her around the room. They twirled and twirled, people diving out of their way as they did so, until they slammed into a wall near the exit and settled there to make out next to an unimpressed security guard. Want another drink? Bentley asked me. I nodded and we went toward the bar. Lana grabbed my hand and whispered in my ear as we passed by her and Chris, I think Bentley likes you. What? No, dude. He's in love with you. Not anymore, she said. Anyway, I know you've got the Apollo thing going on, but just so you know, I'm totally cool if you want to, you know, with Bentley. I smiled at her because I knew she meant it. Thanks, but we're just getting a drink. Sure, she smirked sarcastically, giving me a kiss on the cheek before turning around and twerking against Chris so expertly that Austin's frat bros, who were gathered around a table close by, raised their drinks and clapped. Are we doing shots again? Bentley asked me, handing the bartender cash. Yes, but Bentley, let me pay this time. No way, he said, swatting my hand away. Ma treat, you've been having a stressful night. I frowned. Why do you say that? I kind of overheard some of the commotion that went on in the bathroom earlier, he admitted. Oh, I shrank onto a bar stool. I don't think anyone else heard it, though, he said quickly. Just me. I blushed. I'm sorry for listening, he said interpreting my silence for irritation. I didn't mean to. I'm not mad at you, I said. It's just embarrassing. Why, he asked. You didn't do anything wrong. Tala's the one running around telling people you're still dating when you aren't. Yeah, I guess. I really wish he would stop doing that. I think everyone knows you're not dating now, Bentley laughed. Lana kind of spread the word. I smiled. I just don't understand why he's been going around lying to people in the first place. You don't? Bentley looked surprised. No, do you? Yeah, isn't it obvious? No, please explain. Well, obviously he doesn't want any of us guys to hit on you. Maybe, I said. Definitely, Bentley said. That'll be twelve fifty the bartender shouted, setting two shots of tequila, two limes, and a salt shaker down in front of us. Cheers, 
Bentley said, clinking his glass against mine. He put his arm around my waist and spun me back in the direction of the dance floor. I laughed, but then I collided with something tall and solid. I was face to face with Apollo. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. He was dressed as the cat in the hat, the hat part of which made him so tall that he had folded it sideways so that he could clear the ceiling. Excuse me, man, Bentley said politely, trying to get past him. Uh, Bentley... This is Apollo, I said. I hadn't thought Apollo would actually show up at the Met. The last time I had been seeing him, he had been extremely flaky. Huh? Bentley said, kindly but a little dismissively, to Apollo. Can I buy you a drink? Apollo asked me. We just had one, Bentley informed him. Well, do you want another? Apollo asked. He was addressing both of us, but looking at me. I was thinking shots. Um, I hesitated, looking between Bentley and Apollo. I was starting to feel like Lana was right in thinking that Bentley was interested in me. And if I was honest with myself, I was curious about him too. On the other hand, I was already kind of dating Apollo, and it looked like he had ditched his friends to come over here and see me. Unsure of what to do, I did the only reasonable thing a girl can do when caught between a hot guy and, well, another hot guy. I decided to continue flirting with both of them. I could do another shot, I said. Great, Apollo said, motioning to the bartender and ordering three shots. Bentley looked bemused, but stayed. I scanned the room, trying to think of something for the three of us to talk about. As I did so, I locked eyes with Tyler, who was watching us sourly from the foosball table. Bentley's an engineer too, I told Apollo as our shots arrived, inwardly chastising myself for not thinking of their shared occupation sooner. Oh, really? Apollo said, giving me a seductive smile as he handed me my shot, before carelessly sliding the other one down the bar toward Bentley. What kind of engineer? Civil, Bentley said. You? Mechanical, Apollo said. Cheers. The three of us took our shots. Are you still in school, Bentley? Or? No, I work at... Hey, Brooklyn! 
it was Liam, the guy dressed as Fifty Shades of Grey I had been flirting with at the party earlier. This was too much. My ego was flattered by all the attention, especially since I had spent the last few months feeling fat and undesirable with Tyler, but what was going on? Was I the only single girl left at this bar? Oh, hi Liam, this is Bentley and Apollo, I said, wishing the bartender would give me more shots. I had a feeling more alcohol would ease some of the tension or at least leave me too inebriated to notice it. I know Bentley, Liam smiled. We were in the same resin first year. Amen, Bentley said, although he didn't look that pleased to see Liam. Bentley! Lana came hurtling over and wedged herself between Bentley and Liam on one side and Apollo and I on the other. Do you have any more weed? Uh, no, Bentley said as Lana's boyfriend engaged Liam in conversation. Okay, no worries, she said, turning her back on him and whispering in my ear. We'll leave you alone with all of them if that's what you want, but you were looking a little bit overwhelmed. I am, I told her. I figured, Lana smirked, three is a little much for one night. You might have to spread things around. Which one of them do you want to keep talking to right now? Um, I considered. I had actually been having a lot of fun with Bentley, but Apollo had come all the way here for me, and I still wasn't entirely convinced that Bentley was over Lana. Liam was intriguing too, but as I knew the least about him, I said, Apollo. Okay, Lana said, I'll take care of it. And she joined Chris in hounding a very confused looking Liam and a resigned looking Bentley with questions. Wanna go dance? Apollo asked me. I nodded and we made our way onto the dance floor. I felt a little guilty for leaving Bentley, but then I saw five pretty girls swarm him and realized he'd be fine. Gemma winked at me as we joined her and Austin on the dance floor. I like your costume, Apollo said, pulling me into his sculpted chest. Thanks. I like yours too. He laughed. This was kind of a fluke. My friends and I realized we didn't have any costumes like an hour before we were planning on heading out and the dollar store only had a large selection of children's book characters left. So Cody's Peter Rabbit and my other two friends are thing one and thing two. Where are they? I asked. At the lamplighter, he said. I couldn't convince them to come here with me. So you came by yourself? Yeah, I wanted to see you, he said, simply smiling down at me. I smiled back up at him and he kissed me. The tequila shots, weed, and myriad of other alcohol that I had consumed that night were like a warm blanket over my anxiety at this moment. And for the rest of the night, Apollo and I were kissing and dancing in a loud, colorful dream. When the bartender announced last call, I joined in the rest of the crowd with a groan of, Already? Dude, I'm doing it. 
I'm going to the frat house and I'm not ashamed, Gemma shouted in my ear. Yeah, you are, I said, hugging her. Wanna get out of here? Apollo asked me as we watched Austin give Gemma a piggyback ride out of the door while she shouted at him to go faster. I nodded and we made our way over to Bree, James, Lana, and Chris who were getting ready to take a cab back to North Vancouver together and said goodnight. Have fun, Lana called as Apollo took my hand and led me through the crowd toward the exit. We had almost made our way outside when someone snatched my other hand. I looked around to see Tyler. What? I asked. The word came out harsher than I had intended it to. Can I talk to you? Tyler asked. Alone? No, I said, continuing to follow Apollo through the thick crowd. I just need a second, Tyler said, pulling me back towards him. Apollo was propelled forward by the current of people funneling through the exit, and I lost hold of his hand. He looked back for me, then saw Tyler. Are you seriously going to go home with him just to piss me off? Tyler hissed, trying to pull me in the direction of an empty table. This isn't about you, I shouted, wrenching my hand out of his grip and taking advantage of an opening that a large group of girls had just created to slip through the crowd toward Apollo. Tyler made to follow me, but was blocked by the rest of Austin's frat bros. Are you okay? Apollo asked as we fell outside onto the sidewalk. Yeah, let's go, I said, marching across the soaked street. I looked back through the door to see Tyler staring at us in disbelief, his beer drooping out of his hand and spilling onto the floor. He didn't look angry anymore. A pang of pity shot through me, but then I remembered how his hands had groped me earlier, and my pity melted away into nothing. All I saw when I looked at him now was an empty space where something used to be. I turned away, taking a big gulp of the cold, misty air, and put my arm out to hail a cab. Apollo took my other hand and gently squeezed it as we climbed into the back seat of a checkered cab together. Are you okay? Apollo asked. Yeah, I said, realizing as I said it, that it was true. So, you don't want to talk about what just happened? He asked. Not in the slightest, I said. All right. He smiled down at me, wrapping his arm around my shivering shoulder. What do you want to talk about? Nothing, I said, reaching up to kiss his warm lips. And we drove away, the colorful lights of the city dancing on the dashboard. Thanks for listening to Confessions of a New Grad. If you want to find out what happens next, 
New episodes will be published every Saturday until the end of the season. If you're enjoying the show, please tell your friends, give us five stars, and write a review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. To everyone who's already done that, thank you so much. It helps a lot. Confessions of a New Grad is written, narrated, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Our story editor is Rebecca Montgomery, and she created all of the amazing artwork for the project as well. You can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. Special thanks to all the amazing musicians who allowed us to use their songs in this production. You can find the soundtrack in our show notes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.